0: Essentially, those people are being rude. You know, you're doing a job. You're trying to help people have a good time. And these people are essentially coming up and yelling at you drunkenly. And I, I if you think of another job that that's acceptable, uh, it'd be. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the half hour intern. In today's episode, I interview my good friend, Ben Anderson, aka DJ Swookie Monster, aka one half of the producing and remixing duo Tabs. As a uh, side note, Ben actually just DJed at my wedding about a week and a half ago, and it was possibly the greatest DJ set of all time. We had babies out there on the dance floor. We had 70 year old women out there on the dance floor. I don't think I ever left the dance. There was a couple times I left to grab a drink and like the second I got my beer in my hand, I had to immediately run back out on the dance floor and probably lost about five pounds of sweat that night. It was the greatest dance set I've ever heard in my entire life. So Ben is a phenomenal DJ. He can play tons of different genres of music um to accommodate whatever people like and uh he is also just a heck of a guy. So today he's going to teach us all about DJing, how to get started, what kind of hardware, software you would need and tell us a little bit about the life of a DJ as well. So without further ado, here is DJ. Ben, thanks so much for joining us for the show, man.
0: Hey Blake, what's up, man? Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So I think the first thing that we should try to tackle is what the hell is a DJ nowadays compared to what a DJ used to be. So a lot of people like me, like EDM, we like dance music because it's basically the greatest thing in the world and dancing is the greatest thing in the world. But there's still some crazy people holdouts out there that don't listen to a lot of dance music. So why don't you try to break it down for them as to what exactly a DJ
0: does? So I think, you know, kind of every DJ's answer is going to be different. But, I mean, to me, I think it's anybody who is playing songs back to back, either for themselves or for other people, um, just trying to keep a mood of a party going or, you know, uh, maybe even a different environment. But, yeah, just I think it's the art of mixing songs back and forth from each other um, in a continuous fashion. Um, Yeah, that's what I would consider a DJ in the most basic form. So.
1: So basically creating uh, like a playlist of songs that uh, that you think a group of people would like, you're saying is kind of like at its core, what what a DJ's job is.
0: Totally. Yeah, there's some, you know, some value to that, too. I think even people who have created, you know, what they feel like is a great dance playlist or a great rock playlist, you know, essentially have crafted that to, you know, be songs that they like that they want to hear in order. Um, So, yeah, I think that's even kind of a basic way to describe what a DJ does.
1: Dude, I love that, man. That basically means that uh, every young kid in junior high or something like that that's making a mixtape for the girl that they have a crush on or the guy that they have a crush on is is like a little DJ at heart, you know?
0: Yeah, you're trying to convey, I think, your mood and, you know, what you want to say with other people's music um, at its most basic form. So yeah, like a, you know, high school mixtape is a big part of that, you know, trying to convey a girl maybe a part of you through songs you like and you know what you want them to experience by listening to it so that's that's a pretty awesome point
1: yeah for sure man i dude i really like that definition so let's get into i guess a little bit more technical of a definition in what technically speaking like are you doing on a nightly basis while you are up there djing because you know it's not like you just throw a few songs on your ipad and go and plug it in
0: yeah, so you know, I, I'm I'm constantly searching for music and new songs that I want people to experience, um, and that I think is good music. So, I uh, I think as a DJ, you typically call that taste making, and so you know, you become kind of a tastemaker of new and music, uh, new music that you want people to hear, and new music that's coming out that may not they may not hear for maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Um, I think you're just trying to get good a good first crack at it. Um, But yeah, so on a nightly basis, you know, I would be putting songs together like that and then taking um, some more professional equipment out to a club or a bar or a wedding or whatever it is, and um, using that equipment to create the best um, cohesive uh, arrangement of that music back-to-back that I could. So
1: Cool. So first i guess speak to what you're doing and then if you could speak to what let's say like famous djs that are playing clubs in las vegas and stuff like that are doing in terms of what is the dj doing when they are actually up there do you have a pre-programmed set that you're um playing or are you do actually doing things on the fly i see uh, most places that i go out dancing you know there's a lot of hand movements going on so what, what are the different hand movements that, that you're making
0: Uh, yeah. So, um, you're usually using a physical hardware, um, like, you know, two turntables. Um, it's progressed into maybe two CD players. Those CD players can even use, um, just, uh, flash drives plugged into them now where you can play MP3s off them. Um, there's also DJs that use controllers and I do it sometimes too. What a controller is, is just kind of a smaller hardware piece that emulates, something you can touch to move through songs, move back and forth um, in order to queue up songs at the appropriate time. And then, yeah, you're just trying to create the most cohesive uh, movement between tracks that you can. So essentially that you don't want the, uh, the dance floor to notice that you're changing songs probably till you know, the last minute when the, the chorus comes in and then everybody, you know, gets to experience a new song and hopefully you've moved well enough between that or done it in a creative way that um, you know, makes a little artistic talent sound out for you as a DJ. So
1: Yeah, for sure, man. That that's a really good point. I I find that a lot of times if I'm really, you know, enjoying myself out dancing, it's like I don't even necessarily notice sometimes that the song has changed to a new song until 30 seconds or so into the new song would you say that that's kind of like the marking of a good dj if they can uh, like i guess make you so happy or whatever that you're not even noticing that they're switching songs
0: yeah definitely just part of creating a great environment or a great dance environment it's just moving through that um so hopefully you know people aren't noticing essentially what you're doing maybe you know i i prefer people to not even look at me because i feel like i just want to you know have the dance floor be the experience to itself um, and so yeah just trying to you know work as hard with the the tools in front of you um you know whether it's records or cd players like i said or a controller to uh to move those songs between each other to uh just create this most seamless environment for for a dance floor so
1: yeah for sure so you gave us a little taste let's talk a little bit more about the um hardware and software necessary for someone to become a dj nowadays um if you could give Uh, one of each, if you could give like the absolute bare bones option um, for someone to get started DJing. And then if you could also give kind of what is more commonplace in the DJing community, like uh, for higher level DJs, I I find it really common that that they'll usually have their, like their laptop to the left. Then maybe like a mixing board. I don't even know if I'm calling it correctly, like in front of them. And then some sort of other thing with all these buttons on it and stuff to the right. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but so um, if you could go over what that kind of more professional setup is and then what a really basic setup would be for someone to get started.
0: Yeah. So I think you kind of hit, uh, an interesting point just talking through that, um, the mixer, you're totally right. That's what it's called. It's probably the most important tool for the DJ and that's what you're going to do. Uh, you're, you your basically your movement or your fading in and out of tracks with, um, and it basically controls your high end of your music, your low end of your music, um, there's a slider, so you can, you know, essentially slide from one song to the other. Um, so why DJs have always used kind of two, um, two devices or two uh, record players or two CD players is that uh, you need to have two songs to work with at the same time, and then you want that device to slide from one track to the other. And so there's a lot of other controls, but in the, in its most basic sense, the mixer is the most important tool because it's going to create the most. Um, Uh, seamless uh transition between the, the two songs you're working with at the time so um
1: is that the same device that djs will use where they let's say like cut all of the treble out of the song all of a sudden or they cut all the bass out or you know are kind of warping the sound effects of the song is that also done with that same mixer
0: totally yeah so a lot of mixers have effects built into them now um in that they can, you know, modify the sound like that and create kind of different moods with uh, building energy or taking energy out of things in order to let maybe another song bring more energy into to whatever you're doing. So uh, that that mixer, though, exists in its most basic form. Um, there's computer programs that are, you know, have mixers in them now. So you don't need two record players or two CD players. So in its most basic sense, you can you know really start to learn with a computer program that. Um, that will allow you to put two mp3s side by side and you can work with that mixer internally in your computer to uh, start working on how you might want to transition between tracks and then you know going up from there like you mentioned you know you, you see people with more and more equipment so I think as you grow as a dj as you become better you might pick up something like two uh, cd turntables so now you might burn your mp3s you know maybe you know 15 of them to each cd and then you put those in the cd player and now now you're outside of the computer um, and you're working with CDs, uh, CD player DJs, and then you have a mixer in between the two. So it's kind of just, it can start at its most basic form on a computer, and now there's all sorts of types of hardware. And it's really just blown up over the past couple of years, honestly, where people have started moving uh, hardware to all their sorts of different preferences that either maybe make it easier for them to, to move around with if they're a mobile DJ, or there's you know installations of huge pieces of gear that djs just show up to a club and those the club has already purchased those for the the dj to work with so
1: yeah what is the other like soundboard thing that i feel like i see fairly commonly that is let's say a whole bunch of like little plastic squares on a board that have different color lights on that like it looks like a uh, like a really cool like uh, nightlight or something like that like there 's all these little squares with like green blue orange uh, lights on them what What are those things
0: so those are called MIDI controllers and uh, MIDI is uh, it 's been around for a long time it it used to be how you i think transitioned uh, making a keyboard play notes into a computer and so it was originally how uh, keyboards communicated with comu- computers and uh, some people you know took some liberties with that and made you know these kind of button pushing devices where um, a DJ who maybe is more familiar with uh, producing rather than DJing, um, so somebody who makes a lot of music rather than plays a lot of music, they might prefer that because it, it might be more in tune with the software they work with a lot of the times. So yeah, those are basically called MIDI controllers. And each of those buttons, uh, they can assign to a different thing. So maybe the top left button plays um, you know the song that's on the left side of their computer. And the top right button plays the song that's on the top right side of their computer. And then they can assign... You know the button right next to that to stop the song, and the other button on the other side to stop the other song. And so there's a lot of uh, versatility with those devices, and they've just made them look really pretty, which is cool too. Um, I think that's what you're saying. You know, it's part of the the showmanship is seeing something like that is oh, it becomes really cool. It's a, it's almost part of the show itself too. So
1: I could stare at one of those things all night. They're great. So. Uh let's talk about i guess the different jobs then of a uh, of a dj you mentioned producing um so producing would be making music versus a dj who just mixes music so with one of these midi boards you can actually start creating you could what assign different sounds to these different things and start creating music yourself
0: yeah totally a lot of people would assign different drum sounds to different keys and some people learn how to finger drum like that and so that's a popular use for those um but yeah as far as the difference goes um you know, I, I think I, I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but a producer is somebody who makes music, um, a DJ is somebody who plays music, and now there's just a ton of crossover. A lot of people who uh, produce music have become DJs out of their uh, kind of necessity to tour or play their other songs for people, and then you know, a lot of DJs who maybe played music for a long time in their lives uh, got into uh, wanting to make their own music, and so they moved from Maybe being more familiar with DJ equipment to, you know, mm-hmm. learning more about uh, a software program where you create music. So I think that's kind of the balance of the two. But like I said, there's a lot of crossover between the two now. So
1: yeah. So speaking of crossover, then what would somebody be considered um, that does mashups? And go ahead and explain mashups for people that don't know what that is.
0: So mashups, um, typically, it's it's usually a uh, a DJ who's probably trying to move to the production side, and what they're going to do is maybe not write a lot of their own um, notes and drums and stuff like that um, and chords, uh, but they're going to use songs that already exist and probably they're in the same key. So, you know, I'm not going to get too much to musical theory, but uh, so they'll probably use two songs that are in the same key and they'll figure out how those songs kind of lay over top of each other um, as you might do when you're mixing the songs together. And they'll, uh, you know, use a software program to basically cut and paste those songs over top of each other, um, or use different sections of the song in different parts of it to create a unique song. That's not just one of those songs, but both of those songs at the same time. So that's really what a mashup kind of describes.
1: Interesting. So if you're listening to, uh, a song by a producer, like let's say, uh, Zed or like Calvin Harris or something like that, where a lot of times they'll have these nice female vocals with kind of a dance track in the background. um, that would be uh, could be. Uh, well, for them, they really are producing that. But so that could be an example for an early somebody who just, you know, is getting their feet well with producing of making a mashup would be taking the vocals of some like Mariah Carey song or something and then taking some sort of dance beat and laying Mariah Carey over the top of the dance beat.
0: Yeah, so they might, you know, do some research and find out, hey, you know, Mariah Carey, this song's in the key of A or whatever, and then that new uh, Calvin Harris single is also in the key of A. And so they might use, you know, a part where Calvin Harris doesn't have vocals over his song, even though he has a female singer in that song, and they might uh, layer Mariah Carey's voice over it um, to make a mashup of two different songs. So and when it's in key, it sounds really good and really pleasing because, you know, all all the notes and the keys of the song are matching up against each other. And so that's kind of how that would work as as far as a mashup goes.
1: Okay, cool, man. Hey, side note, I have no idea why Mariah Carey was like the only singer that would come into my head right now. I'm sure I'll get made fun of for that. <laughs> she knows what's up. Um, <laughs> definitely, dude. So talk to us a little bit about the learning curve for you becoming a DJ. When did you start um, DJing? And y- you mentioned music theory a second ago. I imagine that there- there's a decent amount of that that needs to go into, you know, getting good at DJing.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, as you progress, I think with more skill, it's definitely something you want to keep in mind. And you can even, you know, mix tracks back and forth to each other that are in the same key. And like we talked about earlier, that's just really uh, helps you kind of not be noticed as moving from song to song, uh, when you do that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that was kind of a two part question, but, um, as far as me getting started, um, I really just was going after it, uh, in college. I, I, I've always considered myself like a big lover of music, but never really musically talented. You know, I picked up guitar in junior high and put it down maybe five minutes later. Um, but yeah, I, I I always had this passion for it. And so, um, you know, hanging out with friends in college, I was I was maybe sitting here like some of the people listening to the podcast. I'm like, what's the next step? How do I get to the next step? So I asked some friends who are DJs and that's always a great resource. Or if you know anybody that plays music or even if you don't, I mean, and you're out and about, you could, uh, you know, maybe drop a line and be like, hey, I'm interested in, you know, I think I like music a lot. What, what would I need to do to take the next step? So if I had to answer it, you know, I I talked to my friends who were in Phoenix at the time and, you know, we were in school at Tucson and, So we hit them up and they're like, hey, why don't you just start with a uh, software program? So they gave us a software program, kind of like I was talking about earlier. And that lets you mix two MP3s together at the same time. And so we started working with that. And yeah, our friends were really supportive of us trying something new. And they're like, hey, why don't you DJ our house party? You know, we need some music there. And so it was a great opportunity to now maybe not just play for myself or my friends. And we'd go out and, you know, put some songs together that we we thought we wanted people to hear. And we'd go play on our software, um, uh, DJ programs for people at parties. Um, so yeah, it, it progressed from that for me, really, really enjoying it to, um, I, I think the first pieces of equipment I bought after that were, uh, two D two CD turntables and a mixer. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I went to larger pieces of equipment and now I was able to physically touch things instead of just having it inside my computer, uh, everything I was working with. I would be able to physically touch those, um, they're called platters on CD devices and they let you scroll back through and back and forth through the songs. And they also do make that scratching noise that, you know, DJs are kind of typically associated with in the most basic sense, just scratching a record.
1: Yeah. So just completely mimicking a, an old school turntable.
0: Yeah. So that basically is just the DJ moving the record back and forth and the sound of the needle, um, moving the song back and forth. And that creates that scratching sound when you do it very quickly. So, um, But yeah, so I moved up to that, and then I introduced actually a program that let me play MP3s um, without having to load CDs um, into my CD players anymore. I just got to use my computer to find my MP3s, and I had a visual representation of what I was playing on my screen, but I still had these devices to physically manipulate, and I think for a lot of DJs, that was a big thing, that they still want something to touch and to move and to have a mixer to move back and forth between songs with. But um, that's why you'll see the computer on stage with people sometimes. They're actually using their MP3s in their computer, and they have a visual representation of what's going on, in addition to having something that they can touch and feel and move between and stuff like that. So,
1: Yeah, so they're kind of using the computer to hold the songs and to track the songs while they're using the mixer to actually do the DJing, basically. See what they... So talk to us... Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I just, yeah, to see what they play and to, uh, you know, see what they want to play next. And it just opens up a whole new world of being able to move through hundreds of thousands of songs, pretty much so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's uh, so crazy being a DJ now versus back in the day. So talk about getting your first opportunities to, um, you know, play outside of friends' houses and stuff. Did you approach local bars and clubs or did they come to you?
0: Yeah, we had uh, we had some places that we really liked going out, and we liked the, you know, essentially the vibe that other DJs had created there. And we asked them, you know, hey, would you be willing to, maybe even give us the first, you know, thirty minutes of the night to uh, play some music at your night? You know, maybe it was a consistent night that people used to going to hear the same thing. And we're like, we thought we'd line up with something like that. So like, hey, will you give us a shot to, uh, you know, play those first thirty minutes? And oftentimes people were people are receptive, especially early in the night, to. Allowing people to gain some more skills by playing out for other people. So yeah, it's, it's taking a lot of initiative on yourself. Um, it could be at something that's already established, like I said, or you could even just go to maybe a restaurant or maybe you like, you know, more chilled out music and you want to play for people at brunch. You know, you could find a restaurant that does a brunch and say, Hey, you know, maybe I bought some speakers and I have some DJ equipment now. Um, I'd like to play some brunch music and oftentimes owners will, you know assess a value to what you could bring to that and you can you know begin a business discussion where you might work out playing some music for everybody so
1: for sure man just mix that franz list right into that mozart for all the people eating their croissants i love it
0: exactly exactly
1: so all right we uh, we obviously know each other um about man i want to say this was maybe like three longer now like maybe four or five years ago now um when the song Pumped Up Kicks had just come out, I was you were still living in Arizona, as, as you are right now, and I was living in Southern California in Los Angeles, and I was driving around Los Angeles, and I had Sirius Satellite Radio, and I was listening to the dance music station and they had this awesome uh, show by a guy called DJ Liquid Todd. And he puts together these awesome mixes for an hour every Saturday. So I was driving around listening to that. And this mix of Pumped Up Kicks came on. And it was like the most badass mix I'd ever heard. Like in like such a good song. To the point that like a week later when I came to Arizona because of the fact that I, I just happened to be visiting Arizona a week later. You came out, met up with me at a bar I brought it up to you because I know you like dance music and you're like, yeah, dude, that was me. Like I, that was me and my buddy that were tabs were the DJs that made that song. Talk to us about getting a lot more recognition than just, um, you know, playing at a local bar or club and how that all went down for you.
0: So, yeah. Um, I think moving forward, you know, once you get some skills DJing, once you become familiar playing at places, there's always kind of a need to, or if you're really passionate about it, there's a want in you to keep progressing. And, and I think the biggest way to keep progressing now is to start producing your own music. And so, essentially, uh, what a what a remix is, you know, moving beyond mashup, what a remix is, is it's people now taking some more of their own musical theory um, and wanting to change a song that already exists to make it sound like they want to make it sound like. Um, so... You know, they use liberties uh, to use different parts of songs, but the other parts, they're actually writing drum beats and writing notes and writing chords and choosing synthesizers to make the sound sound like they want to. So um, I knew that was a direction I wanted to take eventually, and I linked up with my friend Eric, and we decided to start a project called Tabs where we were going to start, you know, um, we started out with some remixes, but we were going to start producing our own music to craft kind of a sound that we wanted to be associated with. Um, so yeah, we got... We got into production and um, using computer programs to you know work with all the things I just talked about and kind of create our own songs and so <laughs> the story always blows my mind when I hear it because it's so like unfathomable that actually happened to us but uh um, yeah it was just uh um, you know from there we we really wanted to remix uh, our own rendition of that song, and so that 's why. It came out that we ended up producing a remix for that song that you got to hear on the radio.
1: How the hell did I hear it on the radio?
0: So we actually had no idea that um, this this DJ, this awesome DJ that you were talking about, Liquid Todd, in in, on on XM out in New York, uh, had picked it up to play on his show. And so we actually stumbled across it um, just randomly by you know putting our own name into Google uh, in regards to you know like. So we typed in, you know, Fox the People uh tabs remix and there was a result of he had archived one of his playlists and we're like, you know, holy crap, like he actually picked us up and played us on satellite radio. And so we didn't get to hear it. It was our like a post show um you know list of what he had played that week, but it was actually the set that you got to hear. And so it was so crazy to hear that somebody I knew actually got to hear our song on XM radio. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That's so cool. So what what happens after that like how do you how do you try to keep that momentum i i imagine like after you get a little bit of recognition you're like okay this like we're almost there like we got to keep going and, and we could blow up like how do you how do you try to stay on top
0: so yeah i mean it can happen in so many different ways um and there's so many levels of how much it can actually blow up that was huge for us at the time i mean it was I think the the third remix we'd ever done, and so that was that was a huge thing to be played on the radio. Um, But you know, like maybe some of our other outlets where the song was hosted on SoundCloud, uh, which is a music streaming service um, where people can upload their music or their remixes or whatever that a lot of DJs use and producers use. Um, You know, sometimes that doesn't always reflect something like getting played on the radio. Maybe your plays are, you know, at fifty thousand for that song, which is still great and awesome, but. You know, talk about somebody really blowing up. They might have a million plays on a remix that they did. And so there's definitely varying levels of success you can achieve like that. So while it was great for us, you know, it was just back to work and we want to figure out what we want to do next and pick our next project and stuff like that. But a lot of cheap, a lot of people can achieve almost, you know, uh, you know overnight success, like they call it. Um, you know, something that blows up to a million plays or whatever will gain instant recognition to where maybe other producers want to work with them now or a record label might have some interest in taking their career farther. So, um, for us, it was just, you know, back to the grindstone and, you know, seeing what we want to do next and, uh, you know, keeping going with our sound and, um, yeah. So,
1: so are there ways to try to like blow yourself up marketing wise and stuff, or is it pretty much just on the onus of a DJ who's bigger than you finding your music and and putting it out there for the rest of the world?
0: No, I think crafting your own sound is very important, too. There's a lot of people who didn't blow up but became very consistent in creating a sound that they're kind of known for um, that can kind of take that, you know, and maybe... Go out on tour with it. Um, and I know it's hard to go on tour even as a band, uh, but it's a big thing for DJs too. And so when you can kind of take that sound around that you have become, you know, a little bit known for and expose it to more people, there's a lot of people who've worked very hard in that sense too. So it's not always overnight to achieve instant success, but you know, there's a lot of hardworking producers and DJs out there too. So.
1: Yeah. So, so touring would be one way to kind of get your name out there. I mean, I guess, so what, then I guess, what are the other ways that, that a young DJ could try to get themselves out there?
0: Um, there's, I mean, there's a whole, uh, you know, network of just, you know, emailing people. Um, I mean, there's tons of ways to find people online these days. You know, you can use LinkedIn, um, especially to find a lot of record contacts. If you want to email your stuff directly or your mixes to, uh, X record label or whatever it is. Uh, you can probably find some people on LinkedIn with some email addresses to, to send your stuff over to, um, people share stuff on SoundCloud a lot too. Um, but there's a lot of people making music right now too. So it's, it's, it's a lot, uh, getting the platform to get your stuff heard by people too, because a lot of these people are just inundated with so much, uh, music coming at them all the time.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. So it sounds kind of like the same as any other entrepreneurial, uh, endeavor. So let's talk a little bit more about the lifestyle of DJing. So uh, one one of my major questions would be: So how old are you now, Ben?
0: I am thirty three.
1: Okay. So what is it like, kind of post thirty and and DJing? I think about this often, and I I think I asked Rocky Vodalato this too in uh, in the musician episode. Like after thirty years old, I imagine it can't be that fun staying up until. You know, three a.m. and then having to wake up early the next day. You know, like what? what, I mean, what is it like on the body and mentally as you get older, DJing?
0: Yeah, I think I've. I I guess first of all, I'd say I definitely have tapered my weekday gigs. Um, I still have you know a full time job that I manage around DJing as well. Um, But DJing is my my passion. It's what keeps me sane in life. It's, it's what I love to pour my interest into. Um, I love sharing music with people. I love seeing a dance floor go nuts. Um, and that thing is just so inspiring in itself. Um, it, it doesn't draw me away from it, even no matter how tired I am or how busy I am, I'm always going to find a way to work it in, I think in my life, uh, whatever else is going on. But yeah, I, you know, I've, I, like I said, I've tempered things like, you know, um, weekday gigs, um, maybe focusing more of my energy on, you know, finding stuff to do on the weekends. Um, and yeah, I mean, even as a DJ, you know, it might a brunch set might be more entertaining than playing up till three in the morning or something like that. And so there's, you know, there's different ways to express your outlet, I think still, as you get older. Um, but yeah, I, I, I you know, I hope that everybody kind of follows their passion in, in life and to pursue whatever they want to do with the best of their ability. So it definitely is still yeah. that for me. And even though it's hard at times uh i wouldn't trade it for the world so
1: it's worth it yeah so talk about um your like relationship speaking if that if it ever gets in the way at all i know you you have a girlfriend so is that ever an issue of just like all right babe i'll see you later i'm going out all night partying and you're not going to be there Or, or i guess does she ever come along and support
0: yeah she definitely will um you know, and I think it can be interesting for her in the sense that if I'm playing in a new spot or trying something new, it'll always be interesting for her to see what I'm playing. But you know, if it's a consistent gig, something I do on the every week or, you know, twice a month or something like that, it might not be as interesting for her. And so she might, you know, choose to do her own thing or something like that. But uh yeah, no, she's super supportive. And I think to you know, fully pursue a passion, I, I truly believe that you kinda need to be with somebody that can support that um, in your life and to look at it and realize how happy it makes you, you know, even that, that person might make you very happy too. Um, but they can see that how happy it makes you in your life. And, you know, I think you really are drawn to people that can support you in that way when you have, um, passions that you, you know, seriously pursue. So, um, I think, you know, for other relationships, it's when your friends are over 30, you know, they're probably not going to make it out to every gig you have, um, as a DJ. (laughs) and uh so i think that's another relationship that's kind of like affected by it too um as you grow older but yeah you know there's there's great support when they can and i think you know when you're playing maybe a bigger show or opening up for a a nationally touring artist you know there is some incentive for your older friends to come out and support you and something like that so
1: yeah definitely man i i love what you said about being in a relationship and kind of no matter what you're doing you need the person in the relationship to be supportive of your creative endeavors you know that's just so important
0: yeah with everything um, not djing at all i mean yeah
1: yeah definitely
0: man. with the podcast and you know everybody else you've interviewed I, if they have a significant other i'm sure that that person understands them and supports what they do or at least hopefully they do
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely um what is it like djing for a night and kind of like being famous for A night like in that place while you're DJing, and then let's say you go back to that same bar a couple days later and you're just like an average Joe. Is it kind of weird like putting on this like famous hat and then not being famous?
0: Yeah, I think initially uh, it's much more shocking and um, gratifying, and not that it's ever not, but I think you kind of learn maybe, you know, if it's at a nightclub, you might learn people's level of drunkenness and sincerity and stuff like that. And so it becomes a little less special when you can kind of see that. But I mean, it's always flattering if somebody has not something nice to say to you, um, you know, to make you feel good or feel like what you're doing is valuable and worthwhile. And so everybody I think likes that in, you know, kind of every aspect of their life. So you you learn to, I think, read people a little bit better, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I don't, I think, I don't think my ego thrives on it. I, you know, I DJ for my passion of music and to help other people have a great time and to share that with them. Um, definitely. But yeah, I think, you know, other people can take that in different ways too. So they might have a totally different answer than I do on that. So,
1: yeah. What is it like dealing with some of like the drunk or high people or whatever that are at your shows? I mean, have you ever had any issues of like some, like raging drunk guy just coming up like play come on eileen play come on eileen and like they get so angry that you're not playing it
0: yeah i think you know being somebody maybe on ground level or somebody that's accessible by people um at a a dj set uh can be very challenging at times you don't want to i mean you don't want to be rude to anybody but essentially those people are being rude you know you're doing a job you're trying to help people have a good time and these people are essentially coming up and yelling at you drunkenly. And i, I if you think of another job that that's acceptable lot, uh, it'd be. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, you take it on yourself too, To, I mean, try to, I think, diffuse it in the best way possible. Um, so each DJ kind of has their own tricks for it or, you know, just trying to ignore those people as long as they can. But yeah, sometimes it can be very taxing on a night to have somebody like that. Um, uh, one way you can get around it, I think, is just to, maybe become really good friends with the staff sometimes too and they'll notice you or you can kind of flag them to have them deal with that person rather than you make a big scene at the dj booth or something like that so
1: yeah definitely man yeah that shouldn't be up to you so ben let's go ahead and leave people off with two really practical pieces of advice so one would be give us your top two recommendations and this people don't even have to be djs to be able to benefit from this Give us your top two recommendations for places to find awesome new dance music online.
0: Uh, So I mentioned SoundCloud earlier. Um, I think that's still one of my favorites. It's coming in a lot of fire recently from record labels. There's a lot of stuff going on with it. Um, I hope it'll survive because a lot of people put a lot of their music up there. Um, And it's great to kind of maybe find an artist you like and you can see the songs that they've liked in their profile. And so that's a great way to even see what DJs are listening to as far as other DJs go. You'll find a lot of similar styles, probably stuff they want to play in their own sets that sounds similar to them. So if you find an artist you like on SoundCloud, I would recommend doing it that way. Um, and yeah, I was just uh, I was on a website called Hype Machine. or It's called hypem.com. And that's still one of my favorite places, even from college. When I was 2007, I think Hype M existed Uh not quite sure on the year there, but it was pretty close. I remember looking at it in college, but uh, a lot of people still use that. They do a top 50 ranking and it incorporates all sorts of styles too. So, kind of whatever you're into, it's a pulse on uh, what blogs you're posting and then people upvote it on the site. And so, it's still a really good way to find new music and a lot of artists you might not have heard of or just great remixes that have just come out about really popular stuff. So,
1: yeah, man. Hype Machine is great. A, it's so nice, their whole entire, you know, just new stuff, but I, I love looking at you know kind of what's trending and what most people have clicked on that they liked and stuff like that because most of it's new stuff i don't even know anyways and even if it's a a genre of music that i'm not really a huge fan of it's just kind of interesting to hear what's in like the collective zeitgeist like getting getting popular right now in dance music you know
0: yeah so like i mentioned on soundcloud but you can do it on hype machine too like you just said uh i always call it just going down the rabbit hole finding out what other people like that are into that and you can kind of you know you might be 20 web pages deep at that point you're like where how did i get this far into you know away (laughs) from what i was looking at but you might have found some really cool stuff along the way so
1: oh man that's just the entire story of the internet and then you end up buying another pair of slippers on amazon and you're like i guess i need a third pair of slippers these look great (laughs) purchased so uh, <laughs> they're just such a good deal so let's go ahead and leave people off them with one final piece of advice which would be if somebody wanted to go ahead and get started today or just i mean hell just mess around and have some fun uh what would be the easiest and best program that somebody uh, could purchase or download on the computer
0: yeah so i got i got a couple of recommendations i i would totally recommend starting with software working with your mp3s i think it's going to be the easiest way for anybody to start um, um but yeah, uh a couple recommendations. Um Virtual DJ uh was a program that I started with uh when I learned how to do computer-based DJing. It's very basic, but a lot of cool stuff you can do with it, a lot of stuff to mess with. Um so uh I think that would be a great one. Um a, a, another program called Tractor um is another great software-based program, and that's spelled with a K. Uh, we can probably do some links after the uh, the interview.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll put these up on the website for sure.
0: So Tractor with a K. It's made by a company called Native Instruments. They make a lot of uh, different stuff for producers, but they have a DJ program too. And it's called Tractor, and it's really, really good and really, really stable. Um, and there's some professional DJs that use that program too. So I think those are two great recommendations to kind of learn the basics. Uh, if you're really passionate about music and you feel like you want to take it to the next level, those are two great things to To pick up and i don't think they're too much money um to try to maybe you know see if you want to pursue it as a hobby or a passion or a career or whatever it is
1: awesome dude ben i uh i think i'm gonna go ahead and download one of those right now i'll blame it on my uh my my slipper my slipper purchasing tendencies and i'll spend the money on the djing software
0: don't buy the third pair of slippers go get a dj (laughs) program
1: yeah for sure man all right dude thank you so much we uh we appreciate your time
0: absolutely thanks so much for having me i had a blast